Welcome back to Restless. My name is Father Joseph Gill, priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, and you've joined Paul, Carmelina, and Diane, as together we young adults seek the face of Christ in the midst of a crazy mixed-up world using our faith as our guide. So all of us, when we were younger, kind of dreamed about how our life was going to go, right? I, mean, I certainly did. I thought, you know, I did not necessarily think I was going to be a priest when I was a little kid. But, uh, you know, our life kind of has taken some interesting twists and turns. And so today we're going to talk about our hopes and dreams. You know, what were, what were our hopes in the past? What are our hopes today for the future? You know, and how has God kind of like taken us on this journey of life? So, you know, I'm curious to hear from you guys, like when you were, you know, young kids, maybe teenagers, what, what was your life's goal, your life's ambition? I had many different stages uh, of, I remember all the way back to when I was very, very young. I mean, at one point I wanted to be a priest. I did. I did uh, mass at the piano bench. Oh, I did that room. too. Yeah, yeah, very important. <laughs> what did you use for communion? Oh, you know, I don't. Maybe a cracker or something. We always okay. had like grits and saltines around. So uh, there you go. Yeah. There um, go. we always had grape juice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Solid. Yeah. We had Welch's. Mm. Um, and uh, and so that was that. And then for a long time, I wanted to be a soldier. I remember that was the word I would use. What do you want to be? I want to be a soldier. So that's what I wanted to be for a while. And then. Um, I went through a long phase of architecture. I wanted to be an architect. Um, and then in high school, I just wanted to be really, really wealthy. <laughs> <laughs> how, how are you doing was, on that dream? <laughs> uh, not as well as I thought I would have been doing in high school. That's right. Um, and so I went through that phase. And then, yeah. So, and that's why, you know, I went into finance to some extent in college. I've started, but then I went through a phase where I thought I wanted to be a doctor. Mm. And then I quickly reverted back to finance. Once I figured out that I didn't particularly want to do that, that's all. Couldn't career. couldn't handle blood. No, I can do that. Yeah, I'd actually probably be pretty good at it, but I just didn't want to go to school for twelve years. Oh, yeah, it's a drawback. Yeah, that's all career related. But I guess you know, as as a guy, that's what I thought about most. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. That's so noble, Paul. Wanting to be a priest. Yeah. Earliest like, memories. Yeah, it was like probably I was three or four or something like that. Oh, around that age, I wanted to be a mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> almost drowned because of it <laughs> oh no are you serious <laughs> yeah i couldn't swim and i ran into the ocean oh, no. i thought i was aerial we have a video of it that's hilarious yep. and also really scary i know <laughs> my parents learned real quick you have to watch your kids uh very young uh but yeah so mermaid and then after mermaid was lawyer um wanted to be a lawyer pretty much my whole life until i took the lsat to become a lawyer and didn't do well and then i started shadowing lawyers and realized it might not be the best path for me right now now let me ask a clarifying question yeah all right so at what age did you switch from mermaid to lawyer because <laughs> eight, usually probably eight, eight? so like yes. not too many eight-year-olds want to be a lawyer I know. What was it that drew you to that i have no idea there was just something i wanted to make a difference in the world and I felt like that was the best way. <laughs> Sorry, I come from I a could. family of lawyers, so <laughs> I really did. I, you know, I want. I had this like passion to fight for justice, mm -hmm. and that was what I thought was going to be the best way. And when I got to college, I that's why I studied um, different languages so that I could be this international lawyer, you know, and and try and just kind of find my path to fight for justice. I guess I just had this like passion to do that. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's kind of switched to more noble things. Yeah. And being aerial. I, I worked for a lawyer for six months. Oh, wow. He was what, the, what type of law? It's always important to ask. That. He did. He did elder law. So wills and wills trusts and estates. And estates and was, that's really dry. 
That's <laughs> really dry. Well, I did it as when I was a teenager for just some extra pocket right, cash right, as right. You know, kind of an yeah. office manager type. And uh, people would often ask me, do you want to be a lawyer? I'm like, no. Yeah. My father's a tax attorney. So that is, that's worse. That's, that's worse drier. than wills and estates. Yeah. Yeah. No, we had some, we had some exciting experiences. I'll never forget one day he, he came into my office and he said, uh, Hey, can you, can you take Mrs. Smith home? I was like, yeah, sure. Where is she? She's in a box on my desk. <gasps> oh, oh. Mm. One time he asked me to go and scatter some ashes of somebody who didn't have a, a relative. It's <laughs> like, that's kind of awkward. But... Oh, wow. So, wow. Okay. Then. Yeah. Yeah, I was only 16 at the time. It was oh my. Pretty eye-opening. <laughs> yeah, I'd say. Good, good Catholic man, though. Every day he scheduled into his his uh, his day from three o'clock to three fifteen was prayer time. Oh, he wow. said he said no no meetings during that time. Good. Did you inform him that you're not supposed to scatter ashes at the time? Yes, oh, he did. Yeah, great. Well, I just said this is gross. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's a different way of saying it. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> What about you, Diane? What do you want to be? Um, so when I was very young, I really liked baking. So I got, you know, an easy bake oven for Christmas one year. Um, and I would bake a lot of things. And my dad is really into baking too. So I always thought like, oh, it'd be really nice to like own my own bakery and, you know, have my business. Um, but I don't know. Life just happens. And when I was in high school, um, thinking about college and majors and stuff, I mean, my dad is uh, started in public accounting. And actually, my, both of my parents said they met at the company that I work at now. My dad and I have very similar personalities. And so I figured, you know, I, I like math. I like, you know, numbers. Let me, let me, you know, major in accounting. I did find out, you know, once I got into public accounting that there is actually very little math and it's just a lot of um, research and analysis, which I actually, I do enjoy. You know, the hours are really tough. And so I was thinking sort of about, you know, future family and, and things like that. And I always loved teaching. So I thought about getting my PhD. But again, it was like, you know, an investment of at least five years of time and you wouldn't be able to work during that time. And then I had talked to people and not everyone comes out and, you know, enjoys sort of the research aspect of what you need to do and the publication. So it was a risk that I, I guess I wasn't um, really willing to take at the time. Um, Would you still consider it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Part time in the future, you know, I just I do love teaching. I love helping. I did a lot of tutoring of um, people when I was in college and um, I do it even at my company now in terms of like teaching trainings and stuff. So um, that. It, it just gives me a lot of joy because I feel like, you know, like kind of like what Carmelina was saying in terms of making a difference, you can you can really help people and you see their progression. And, um, you know, it's it's just it's really fun for me. So that's awesome. So would you do you teach college students or would you teach younger or older? I think college. Yeah, because I had when I was younger, too, I thought about being like an elementary school teacher. But then I taught like first grade CCD at uh, St. John's one year. There were like 30 kids. Oh jeez, four and five year olds, and I think I was just—I mean, it was just a little overwhelming. Yeah, so. I, can, I can understand <laughs> that. But no, I just—I really enjoy sort of the um, like you know, at least high school, college level topics, and then just being able to kind of communicate and engage with people of that age. So that's awesome. Yeah, so it's definitely something that I would consider in the future. And in college, you're at least hopefully passionate about what you're studying. Yeah, no, and I mean, I'm an accounting nerd. I I do really enjoy like the research and um, yeah. The, most people don't, but for me, it's it's fun. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So yes, I, I forgot to mention the teacher and chef stages that I left out of my oh, <laughs> okay. pre-architect, oh, pre but after, uh, what did I say, soldier, is I think was number two. 
Well, so. Paul is a very good cook. So yes. Paul is a good cook. I try. Yes, that is very, true. very good. Yeah. Very talented. In fact, if I think our, our, our food episode is going to come out soon if it hasn't come out already. Oh, okay. Is that gluttony or just food? That was the one we, 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 we already did that about feasting. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Paul feasting, told about his, his favorite uh, episodes. Well, you know, that's one thing that's kind of cool is that like the stuff that you wanted to become can still be a hobby for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. You know, right, like absolutely. like you mentioned about teaching. Well, you, you can still find an outlet for that. Maybe not first graders, but Yeah, in no, the absolutely. Absolutely. And even sports too. Like, I mean, I played tennis and I was like, oh, I would love to be like a professional tennis player or something. And, you know, just... Yeah, it just wasn't good enough, you know, <laughs> well, yeah. but it's still something like recreational that you can do. So it's not like, you know, just because you can't make a career out of it doesn't mean that you can't have these like, you know, hopes and dreams that you're still living out in some sort of capacity. Exactly. Exactly. You know, one, of, one of the dreams I had when I was a kid was I really wanted to be a professional rock musician. Mm. That was my thing. You know, I played piano since I was like five, picked up a guitar in my teen years. And that was just like, love music, still love music. And, uh, and I've been surprised that when I gave my life to God, how much he's allowed me to use music. Yeah, you have plenty of records that you've released, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and one, one thing that shocked me one time was that, um, you know, I was just kind of surf, surfing the web and someone you know, sent me an email. I was like, hey, did you see this video? And usually when you see those emails, you're like, delete, because it's usually spam. But I clicked on it and somebody had translated my, one of my songs into Arabic. Wow. Oh, wow. wow. And I was like, that's, that's a reach that I never, ever thought possible. Yeah, that's crazy, yeah. <laughs> Pretty wild, yeah. So, like, you know, as you look back, you know, with all of your, what, 30-something years of life, towards the midpoint of your life, are you living Mid- the type midpoint, of... Midpoint, I hope not. Midpoint, well... What is this, 1937? Second trimester. <laughs> yeah, the second <laughs> trimester. Yeah, that's what my dad told me when I turned 30. He says, you have now entered the second trimester. I'm like, that's, that's not the right I word to that. say. I love that. It's, it's so not good. the right word it's to so say. so precise. Well, sorry, Dad. That's really funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, go on. So, so are you li- like, are you living the type of life that you dreamed about? Not just with your job, but you know, are you the person that you thought you would be at? Actually, I don't know all of your ages. <laughs> Thirty in your young thirties. I would say I'm doing okay. I, 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 it's hard to answer because when you dream when you're a kid, you have no sense of reality, or you have little sense of reality, but. But I think if I were to look forward, I guess one, one thing that was a fear, I would say, growing, especially through high school, was that I wouldn't, I always had this fear that like I would go to college and I would come out and I would not have a job or be really hard to get a job, which, which it was because I came out in the recession, but besides the point, and, and, and that it would be just really hard for me ever to like catch up in life. And now, I, and that didn't happen. So I guess I'm happy that at least that like uh, anti-dream or whatever you could say didn't come true. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So in some respects, you're better off. Yeah. And I would say that there are some things that I've done that I am very happy about, especially in my you know social circles and things and things that I'm able to do now that I wouldn't have even been able to dream of when I was in high school that I'm very happy that I've been able to accomplish. So yeah, it's kind of uh, a mixed bag in that in that sense. That's good. Yeah. I think, honestly, looking back, all of the sort of closed doors and the frustrations at the time were just God's way of kind of leading me to where I am right now. So- Faith was not a huge part. I mean, it, it, of course, my family, we went to Mass every Sunday and, you know, prayed the rosary and stuff. But for me, it was more of a surface level thing until my mid-20s. And um, so, I mean, if you'd asked me when I was younger that I envisioned myself, you know, like being, uh, you know, just... On a Catholic radio show? On a Catholic radio show, <laughs> doing a lot, like, you know, starting a young adult Catholic group and, um, you know, really just, you know... God is God is absolutely the first in my life and um, the love of my life. And I don't, I mean, I don't, that was not, (laughs) that was not part of the vision when I was younger. 
So kind of just being open to his grace and also, you know, looking back to see all of the all of the different ways that he was working in me then and kind of revealed himself to me in, you know, uh, I guess a later stage of life. That's awesome. Yeah. I have to remember, especially as a priest, that everyone is on a different journey, Mm -hmm. you know, because I get frustrated at teaching confirmation being like, why don't you guys get it? You know, like not everyone's going to be converted at 13. Yeah. Sometimes it's going to take till your mid 20s. Exactly. And I think it it creates um, sort of like you're able to relate to other people and maybe have more sympathy, you know, for, for the situations because, um, yeah, his timing is different and everyone's journey is different. And, um, you know, to compare yourself or other kids to, to, to anyone else, it's just God works very differently in, in people's lives. And that's true. Yeah. There is always hope. So you, you mentioned how you said, you know, you could kind of see doors closing and how God kind of used that in your life. Like do you guys have any examples of like things that, you know, you you thought you were going to accomplish, you didn't, but you can see God's hand in it? Oh, absolutely. That's like the epitome of of my conversion story. I mean, I, I felt like I had every door closed. The guy I wanted to marry, you know, didn't work out, wasn't going to be a lawyer anymore. And I'm sitting there a senior in college, once with a path that I thought was very clear with, you know, all of a sudden became totally just open. And that ended up probably being the best thing that ever happened to me. I mean, it just opened like once once I laid my goals and my dreams at the feet of Christ for the first time, it just opened not not just doors, but the opportunity to walk in joy and peace for the first time, which made every other decision so easy because it was like I just knew that that God would take care of me and he would lead me and provide. And he did. And it was so amazing. And so it's funny because when I think about the second question that we had, I'm kind of in a similar place that I thought that I would be career wise when I would dream about it when I was younger in college, like corporate America. But the means of getting there was just so different and so wild and so adventurous and so glorious and unbelievable because of God, because those doors were shut. And for that, I'm just so great, grateful. That's awesome because that must have been a really scary time. It was. In your life. It was, but it was, it was, it should have been. It really should have been. And I was scared up until the point that I really just threw my hands up and said, God, like actually said, God, fine, I'm listening. And then I just was filled with this peace and joy that I had never experienced before. And it was also this certainty that I knew that something would transpire, something would work out. And and it did, you know, in, in time, but it did. I think the, the cool thing about that too, Carmelina, um, is that I, I think I had a similar experience. I honestly, like we were just talking about when I was younger, everything was focused on like, what do you, who do you want to be? Like, what do you want to be? You know, career wise, everything career. And then, you know, when I had kind of like achieved that in my mid twenties of like, this is the path that I'm on. And it's kind of the expected path that I thought, you know, that I envisioned for myself, um, especially after college, I just came to this realization as my faith deepened that this emphasis on career, it was, it was just kind of distorted and so there was so much emphasis on career and like what are you going to be and like achievement in terms of like how the world views success and then as I started getting into my faith you know it was it was more um the shift in mindset I would say to eternal things right of like how am I going to it, it just seemed crazy to me that people put so much time and effort into their careers like slaving away at everything and then to not put 
you know, that same effort and more into spiritual life and growing in holiness, to me, it was just like, that was sort of like the awakening that I had. And so that was another thing that like, you know, like I had never envisioned as I was younger, you know, that change in mindset, which is, I mean, it's such a blessing to, to have that and to, um, you know, now just to, I would love to get married and have a family and raise children in the faith. And, um, you know, like that is the goal now of like, how am I going to achieve, you know, sainthood and how am I going to grow to holiness and how am I going to bring my family, you know, to heaven? And that is, yeah, I guess just the, the, like the difference between sort of the world standards and, um, yeah, yeah. You know, this makes me think, I, I have a weird theory about midlife crises, mm-hmm. and I'm not yet midlife, I think. No, I hope, you're not. Maybe. I don't know. 30, I'm 37 tomorrow. So You're not midlife. That's getting close. But <laughs> you're still below 40. Yes. Yeah. For the time being. But this is my weird theory. It's like in, in your life, like we always have these goals we're working towards. You know, I got to graduate high school. I got to graduate college. I got to get a job. I got to get married. I got, you know, like all, I got to get a house. I've got to, we have all these goals. And then once we achieve them, we're like, wait shoot, like I got everything I wanted and now what, Right. you know? And I think that's what the midlife crisis is, is the realization of, okay, I'm supposed to be living everything and, but it's A, it's not what I expected and B, what's my next goal? Yeah. You know, next, next goal is retirement. I mean, that's kind of like, it's a downsize, you know? And I think what I've learned too is that like having, so like, you know, I know that we have these questions of like, what's your one year goal, your five year plan, your 10 year plan. And you know, I mean, I think it's good to like think ahead, but if you have all of these, like you can kind of box God in, in terms of like what he wants to do in your life. So Mm. for me, like when I had that reversion to faith, I was like, all right, I need to stop like trying to control things and be like, okay, this is what I'm going to do in a year. This is what I'm going to do in five years. Because he has showed me that when I kind of, what Carmen was saying before, of like surrendering to what he wants for my life, he does open doors. And it is, you know, it's more glorious and joyful than anything I could have created for myself. So um, So I'm going to ask a loaded question then. And I apologize if it touches some nerves, but I think people who are listening probably want to know. Because when you're you're young, especially you kind of dream about marriage, right? And and none of you are married yet. You know, do you like are you kind of anxious for that? You like, I can't wait for that to happen. Like when's it gonna happen? If if you know, if you feel that that's what God's call is on your life? Is it something that kind of is stirring like an anxiety in your heart, like you just want it to happen? Or are you are you at peace with just kind of like letting God take the timing? You know, I'll I'll preface what I'm about to say with something else, which is I think that just coming I mentioned before that I always had this fear of of not accomplishing things. So if you think about it, all the doors for me were closed at one point. That's the way I thought about it. It's it's not that there were there were doors that could have been opened, right? Um, they were just kind of closed. So I was so when doors did open, it was great, right? Because if you're a pessimist, like you'll always be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> are, you, are you a pessimist? No, I'm not anymore. And it's the reason for is that that all of a sudden things start to just click and you don't like you can't make heads or tails out of it, right? And so I remember when I got my, you know, rising senior internship in college, I didn't know what I was going to do. It was really bad economy. The unemployment rate was 10.2%. It was really bad. And my college kind of started to fall apart and it continues to fall apart. So it wasn't great. Any case, when when that happened, I was like, okay, well, I didn't even, like, it was kind of like circumstance that that happened to me. And then, and then I moved to Brooklyn and then like all these things started to happen. And I got the job in Connecticut, just like one of my coworkers who I became close with, like sent me the job. He's like, here, take a look at this. You might be interested in this. And I'm like, okay, I'll apply. You know, what the heck? And then all of a sudden I got it, you know? And then, so that that's the way it was for me. And so 
that's where I've kind of found that like when I try to get worried about things and control things, as Diane was mentioning, that's when it happens. So about marriage, I've been, it's always a desire. It's a desire that's on my heart, but I know that it's going to be, it's something that if it's meant to happen, it will happen in, in God's time, not in my time. Yeah, I think you, it's it's really important just to look back on sort of the way that God has worked in your life because um, there's nothing that's coincidence. Um, and so just to sort of trust in, like Paul said, in his timing, I mean, obviously that is a desire on my heart and, um, you know, I feel like that is my vocation, but also just to, to kind of be patient and to believe that, you know, we have a good father. He wants what is best for me. I've, you know, in prayer, always pray that, you know, I glorify him um, through whatever means, you know, that he sees for my, you know, fit for my life. And um, yeah, just not to get caught up too much in the, you know, like that, like idolizing it, I guess, and making it an idol because you can miss out just on so many of the ways that he wants you to kind of um, to grow in holiness in the single years. So, um, yeah, just like being present to the present moment, I guess. Yeah, and I think, and I think in my my early to mid twenties, I had to I, I had to go through a, a pretty serious maturity phase. Mm-hmm. Most guys do. Yeah, and women are so much much mature well, earlier. Yeah, I mean, I was no okay. So compared to my no offense to any coworker that may be listening, <laughs> you're probably not. Um, <laughs> but like you know, in compared to my coworkers, I was a mature one. They called me like when we would go on trips and things. I was dad, you know. Oh, so that's. But it, I had to go through this maturity phase where I had to make a decision. If I was going to keep, because one thing that would always concern me is like, am I moving too slowly in my career? Because I had this dream of being fantastically wealthy, which isn't you know going to happen probably um, in the way that I thought about it originally. You never know. But And so I had to kind of accept, I had to mature into the fact that I was going to accept that and make the best of whatever situation I was in. And then that is what really allows, because then you, again, you take, you take off the, you take, you take the reins off, right? And you say, okay, I'm going to make the best of this situation that I have right now. And I, and I did. And it was it was really a blessing that I was able to do that at the time. So, That's awesome. Yeah. I think it's it's been interesting for me because, you know, I just I just moved here a little less than two years ago and I come from a small town right outside of Pittsburgh. And a lot of the, you know, the people I grew up with are on their second, third, fourth kid even. And, you know, I kind of ventured out and came to the big city, if you will, to, to have a career. Stanford, in, Connecticut. Stanford, Connecticut. <laughs> right. And, you know, kind of step out and, and move away from that. And I think the the thing for me, you know, is is doubt that I see kind of plaguing myself and a lot of young women who who kind of take that route as well. You know, did I did I make the right decision? Like, should I have not prioritized that to have a family younger? And I guess I would just encourage and I know that this is a struggle for a lot of young women, too, especially as we get into our childbearing years. And it's it's hard, especially if, you know, women feel like, you know, they might not have met the right person or there's just not enough guys out there. And I'd really just encourage them to continue to persevere and continue to just hope in our Lord and trust in the sanctification process that's ongoing throughout that time of suffering, because it's a time of suffering that. I think a woman especially can only suffer truly with our Lord because it's so personal because you mm. have this desire to, you know, be married and give life through children and to have a family. And if it just doesn't seem like it's it's in sight, that can be a struggle, right? Especially if you see, 
you know, the idealized version of your friends who have five kids on social media. It's it's hard, right? Only in a good Catholic world is, Only is that the idealized. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. As, it should, be. As it should right. be. And, um, you know, a lot of women in the circle desire that so deeply. And but it's it's such a beautiful time to, you know, be patient with our Lord and to trust his providence. And also something I've learned is find ways to live out your motherly instincts in your singleness, right? Whether that's you can volunteer with the Sisters of Life, for instance, or cook people meals, you know, find ways in your community to live out and fulfill that desire in a self-gift way, which will also prepare you for that vocation in the long run. That's an awesome point because John Paul II says that man can only find himself in a sincere gift of himself. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're always looking for like, what's my identity? Well, your identity is is in what you give away. And right before we started recording this episode, Carmelina, you were telling us about this amazing summer camp that you worked at. Yeah. Can you summarize that just real briefly, like what you did? Because that, that's a huge way of living out your maternal instincts. Absolutely. And that's actually, I had never desired marriage until, or having children actually, until I worked at that camp because you are, you know, kind of in an incubator, if you will, with these young girls who are just suffering so deeply. And this was a camp for kids from the inner city. Yeah, in inner city. And just they've had, you know, horrific things happen to them, live in horrific environments. I mean, we were in the middle of the woods and they were talking about drive-bys. I mean, it just these traumatic events that they, they faced. And, you know, sometimes a lot of them had a lot of anger and they would lash out at you. And, you know, I was, I was spit on, punched, all of these things and but you have to continuously give yourself to them out of love you have to the motto at the camp is god first other second i'm third and when you work there you shower last the shower's cold you've no electricity and you're just with these girls in this camp and you have to they eat before you do and every day is a new death to self but within that you find new life because you're discovering this new, I guess, maternal instinct that is really just a gift from God because you're surviving on nothing because you're tired and you're in the middle of the woods and you've gotten no sleep, but you're still called to love. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we ran out of time. We had so much more to talk about, so maybe we'll save this for another episode. Yeah, part two. Part two. Part two of we'll do hopes dreams next time. We did That's right. This, this is all hopes, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Restless. You can find us on 1350 AM, which is Veritas Catholic Radio. You can also find us wherever you get your podcasts. Please follow us on social media and tune in next time. God bless you.